Welcome to Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. Truth Matters believes in the words in Acts 2.47 that proclaim, The Lord adds to His church daily such as should be saved. We believe in the Great Commission Christ gave before returning to the Father, and we obey His command in Matthew 28.19 to go and make disciples of all men. Now join us as Pastor Terry Ames gives today's message. Let's remember Jerusalem this morning. Let's remember all of Israel this morning. Let's remember all of our churches this morning. Let's remember all of our congregations. Most of all, let's remember God this morning. There's a lot of people driving up and down these roads this morning that have no concern at all about their eternal salvation or their soul. And so today we want to continue on. Last week we started with trying to get back to uh, teaching a little bit about holiness or preaching a little bit about holiness. And uh, we talked about the things that God found as an abomination. And those are the tough ones because then you get the people saying, I didn't like that sermon. I want the happy sermons. They can't always be happy if I'm going to worry about your soul and try to make sure that you are on the path that God wants you to be on. And so we go straight out of the Word of God, and like I always tell people, if it seems like it touches a nerve, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not Terry. Uh, but, but that's okay. If any shoes come flying up here, I can dodge them. I can do just like old Bush did. I can dodge them. As long as there's shoes, I don't want to see no stones. Let's go to the Lord and pray this morning. Let's all stand before we begin, and let's just thank God for the beautiful day. Thank God for another day. Thank God that he has provided his son as a savior that we can once again have fellowship with our Father in heaven. Dear Lord, as we go into this day, as we begin this sermon, Father, take me completely out of it, I pray. Holy Spirit, fill me. Let me only say the words that you once said. Open hearts to receive the word in the way it's intended. Father, let us only worship, only honor Jesus Christ through these words. God, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much. And we thank everybody here that has come to hear a word from you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We're going to talk about holiness. Church of God is a holiness church. We believe in holiness. That's a scary word to a lot of people today. You don't hear many people talk about holiness anymore. They want to talk about money, how you can have your most abundant life, how you can can, uh, do these simple little steps, and God has to answer your prayer. God doesn't have to do anything. He's God. But God says there's things that he wants us to do, things that he wants us to be a way he wants us to be, and that's holy. And typically, most Christians think of righteousness righteousness and ethical purity when they hear the term holy. After all, God's word in many passages associates holiness with righteous living and being cleansed from sin, and that is true. Nevertheless, holiness in Scripture, while being associated with moral uprightness, is not chiefly about doing the right things. Rather, to be holy is first and foremost to be set apart from what is common, 
Remember that. Holy is to be set apart from what is common. The Bible refers to it as the flesh or as the world. It is to be different, unique in comparison to this world. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be a called out people. Now the church of God proclaims that we're to be we're a called out group of people. That means in, in the time when the church of God first started, it means the same today, out of different denominations. Because we see denominations a lot of times as a division amongst the children of God. There will be no division when we get into heaven. Most of them are man-made divisions based upon certain things in the Bible that one wants to hold more to than the other church over here wants to hold to. They want to hold on to something different more than this one does. Basically, we're all supposed to have the core value. Jesus Christ, death, burial, resurrection. His saving grace, forgiveness and repentance. That is the core group. Everything outside of that, as I've said before, is just peripheral stuff. That's a lot, under, Trying to figure out what the end times is going to be, pre-trib, post-trib, millennial, non-millennial, all that stuff is not going to get you to heaven. What gets you to heaven is Jesus Christ and is a saving grace in his blood that he gave on that cross. That's what gets you to heaven and a belief in him. That's what gets you to heaven. doesn't matter if you speak in tongues or not. It doesn't matter if you uh, raise your hands or not. It doesn't matter if you wear shirts and ties or if you... It's funny, I, live in, I saw a church the other day in the Bahamas and everybody's wearing Hawaiian shirts, shorts, and sandals. But you know, it's 100 degrees and humid even though there's an ocean right out there. So it's, you, you, it's, it's where you live. I mean, Jesus had sandals on. So there's a lot of things that divide us that really should never divide us. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And just like being brothers and sisters in a family, you're going to have differences. I mean, God knows that. The apostles had differences. They would at times argue about what this is supposed to be and what that's supposed to be. But what was the uniting factor in it all? Jesus. He was the uniting factor. So if God put himself into the body of a human being, if he wanted to make himself relatable to us, yes, I walked and talked with you. I wasn't just up in some heaven somewhere talking through prophets. I actually made myself into a baby to live so you can, can sit there and say, I can relate to him. He went through all the same things we do. He was, in, he was tempted for 40 days. In 40 days, he was tempted in every temptation that you could ever have. Everyone. Really, he had to be if he was going to be able to relate. Now, he knew he was an all-powerful God. But see, that gives us unable to relate to him. Yes, Jesus was tempted by this or that. Even though he was pure, he never sinned. He never sinned, but we will. We're not Jesus. We're not perfect. So we need a Savior. And God provided himself as Jesus for that Savior. There had to be a sacrifice for our sin. And that sacrifice entailed a death. To put to death all the sin. Now, a lot of churches... I've gone to what they call this Unitarian stuff. Unity, everything's universal. 
that Jesus died for everybody, so everybody's saved. See, once again, the devil takes a truth. He takes 90% of it, but he adds that 10% of falsehood. When Jesus died, it says it was for the whole world, yes. But it's only for those who accept that. It's only for those who accept him as their Lord. It's only for those that understand and say, yes, I want to give my life to you, Lord, and I want to serve you, and I want you to be my Savior. So yes, while it was a universal death for the whole world, the world has to accept it. And we see that the world will not and never will, and the Bible says the world never will. But the opportunity is there. So what happens when you get saved? Your sins are washed away. We know that. You repent of your sins. God says it's as far as the east is from the west. I don't see them anymore. We do. And sometimes I think that we ought to remember some of our old life. You can't really forget stuff. Okay? You forgive stuff. That's why it's different between the word forgiveness is different from forgetting. You remember stuff. I remember me loving to drink and booze it up. It was a sin. I mean, I don't ever forget that. Things that you do in the past, you're going to remember. You might see somebody you've slighted before. Who slighted you? You'll remember, but you have to forgive. Maybe you have to go to them and ask them for forgiveness of something you did. It's all building into this holiness thing. So let's dive into Scripture this morning and see what we can glean for the short time that we've got here this morning. So our text this morning is going to be Psalm 99. Psalm 99, the Lord our God is holy. Let's start there. Who created us? A holy God. And it says, the Lord reigns. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon his name. They called to the Lord and he answered them. In the pillar of the cloud, he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies and the statute that he gave them. Our Lord, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Exalt the Lord, our God, and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord, our God, is what? Holy. Holy. In Exodus 19.6, While at Mount Sinai, God tells the Israelites, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. That covenant is still in effect through his son Jesus to the church. Just as he did to Israel, God brought us out of the bondage of sin. Therefore he says to us as he did to them in Leviticus 11.45, For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt, to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. To worship and serve a holy God, we must be holy. We have to be holy, 
All that works. No, it's not. It is something God says that we need to be. Not do, be. Well, how, how do we do that? What does he mean to be holy? Well, once we're saved, we need to know how to serve God, don't we? And he says in Luke 1, 74 and 75, that he would grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. That's how you serve God. Without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. You serve him without fear. Oh, I'm scared. He's asking me. I just know. I just feel he's asking me to do something. And I'm scared to do it. What does God say? He doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He says, I am with you always until the end of the earth. He says, don't be afraid. Just do what I have asked you to do. You may think you don't have the gifts. You may think you don't have the talent. You may think you don't have enough God. You don't think you might not be enough into God or I know enough of the Bible to testify or talk to somebody. Or you really, you just don't understand. You don't know and you're just scared. That's the devil throwing a spirit of fear at you. And how do I know? I told Lisa the other day, I said, you know, used to be, I'd get scared. There's a lot of things that I had to do in my former life that I was scared, but I forced myself into doing them because that was my job. But now I'm at the opportunity to where, as a Christian and a pastor, that God calls me at times to do things, and I still get them butterflies, but the devil wants to throw things at me as, well, you know, you're just a pastor of a small church. You don't really have to go out here and do all this. You know, that's the devil. So you, 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 you want to give in to the fear and say, I'll do it tomorrow. I, I, nah, that's not really God. He says, I, don't, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. And yes, that is your job. You're a Christian now. You're a child of the Most High. You're supposed to be doing what he asked you to do. How do you know? You get in the Bible. Or the Holy Spirit gives you an unction. But I'm going to tell you, while you may have butterflies about going to speak to that person that you've been looking at about, about Christ, or maybe coming to church, or, or, or just telling them, you know, your testimony. Remember, the best way to tell anybody about Jesus Christ is to tell them what they did for you. To get over that, just remember, no spirit of fear. He's going to give you every gift that you need. You say, well, I don't know many Bible verses. I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will bring up the Bible verse that you need to know or whatever it is out of the Bible that you need to know to be able to talk to somebody. If God has truly led you to them, you'll be surprised at the things that will come out of your mouth. I'm surprised every Sunday the things come out of my mouth. Sometimes I go back and listen to my sermons and go, I said that? that, that that's pretty good. I don't remember, I'm not bragging, it's just like, I don't think I, I could ever thought of that. But it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit. So holiness is not having fear when it comes time to serve God. Maybe talk to a co-worker. Maybe go visit a friend that you hadn't seen for a while. So how's things going? How's things going? Remember I told you, Seems like the hardest thing to do is not really to testify to somebody or give your testimony to somebody. It's to actually be the Christian when people aren't around. 
It's actually being the Christian, when you think nobody's around or you really don't have anybody that you're trying to testify to or talk to or preach to, when you're just out here at home or you're just out here at Wally World or whatever, just remember, be the Christian. He's calling you that. That's part of holiness. The promises of eternal come with caveats, though, and people say, oh, there you go. Folks, read your Bibles. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Having therefore these promises, and the, the verses before that was talking about the promises of eternal life. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's the only fear you need to have is the fear of your Creator. Because He's the one that could either say, through His Son, enter good and faithful servant, into the joys of heaven or depart, I never knew you. There is no in-between. There is no middle ground. It's one way or the other. So he has a caveat. We need to cleanse ourselves of all filthiness. You got something God's telling you to give up? Give it up. There's a blessing somewhere behind that, and there's something he wants you to do. Just obey. And it's going to be different for each one of us, folks. It's going to be so different from each and every one of us. I don't have the same temptations or desires, say, Adam does, or David, or Georgette. I mean, I just don't. We all are different people. And he may tell me to give up something, and he may tell you, not tell you to give it up. We may be doing the exact same thing, but right now, maybe he's working on you a little bit uh, on something else right now. Working towards that holiness and sanctification. I've seen that work in my life wonderfully. Wonderfully. That I couldn't do it before without Jesus. But once Jesus said it's time, I never had another craving. And it's because he was going to put me up here in a pulpit, which I did not know at the time that's what he was doing. I could look back and see how he was working. So the caveat is to be holy, don't have any fear, and cleanse ourselves of all filthiness and all the worldly stuff that we've got hanging on to us. Okay, our actions must be holy. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. See that? Oh, that works. Get that stuff out of your head. God says do, then do. Jesus says do, then do. Follow peace with all men. I know it's getting to be hard today in this country with the things that's going on, not so far in heartland, but in the big cities and stuff, things that are going on, and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It says follow peace with all men. It doesn't say you're going to attain it at all times. It's just saying follow. That means try. Try to live in harmony. Try to live in peace. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. It doesn't mean you have to, have to roll over and be the patsy. It just says follow or try and do it in holiness. We're supposed to be the peacemakers, aren't we? While we prepare ourselves for either protection or maybe times of famine or times of without power, you know, we might buy generators or kerosene heaters. While we prepare for stuff like that, 
It's still supposed to be the peacemakers. I don't see enough Christians out here trying to be peacemakers right now. Children often ask, why? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do all this stuff? Why? Well, God gives us the answer in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Boy, that comes up a lot, don't it? They keep going back to that, to the Old Testament. Be ye holy for I am holy. In all manner of conversation, be holy. We don't really need to be out here as Christians, men, telling crude jokes. Men, we don't need to be gossiping. Ladies, we need to be supportive of our men. And men, we need to be supportive of our ladies. I don't go out here in public and, and say anything that's detrimental to my wife or cut on my wife. Now, with Laurie, yeah, we tease back and forth. But then I do it to Laurie, too. I'm telling her all the time she's deaf now. And I thought I needed a hearing aid. But you don't go out in public and give people the wrong impression about somebody. So your conversation, you have to be guarded. You have to be guarded. You don't just want to do things just to fit in. What does Christ say do? Because here's the one thing that we must remember. When the end comes, we must be found obedient, folks. We don't know when that's coming. So shouldn't be ready, we be ready at all times? Lisa and I was going home on I-65 a couple of Sundays ago. And I looked up, and here's two cars coming up behind us, and we're in the middle lane, running 100, 120 mile an hour. Blue bars on both sides. There's a semi up here in the slow lane. There's a car over here in the fast lane. And there's, a, and there's a car getting ready to move over that's behind the other car in the fast lane. And he's getting ready to get in the middle of the lane to pass the car that was kind of hogging the fast lane. Here comes these two idiots. And they come in, and folks, I told Lisa, I said, there's gonna be, there's, here comes a big wreck. Because they come right in front of us, both of them, door jam to door jam, went between that car that was coming over in that semi-truck, and we was four and five cars wide on I-65 up in front of us. I mean, I'm talking about from here to the door. Only by the grace of God was there not a huge, massive wreck. And the idiots, how they got through there, I will never know without wrecking. And then they come out and went on down the road doing their crazy stuff. I guess it was raging. You just never know. I was coming home, was it day before yesterday when I was talking about direct? Coming and right down from the street, I said, the intersection, an older couple going down, coming down, down the road, 55, 60 mile an hour, car blue stop sign, T them. Bad wreck. You don't ever know. Told you about the lady last week that went to church, true story, went to church on Mother's Day. Her husband didn't go that day because he was helping a surprise thing for her. Children and stuff's going to be there. So she went to church by herself. He told her, go on, go on church. She come out. She's headed back. Going to it. Did not know she's going to a surprise party. Got about as far as from here to the other church down there. Some 
teenage kid in a stolen car, hit her at 100 mile an hour, T-boned her, killed her. Been in church all her life, headed to her mother's house. You don't know. You, you don't have to wait for a rapture. You don't have to wait for the trumpets to sound. Your rapture, your time could be any time. Been a lot of preachers died up in the pulpit. Be ready. Be ready. As 2 Peter 3.11 says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What person, it asks you the question, what person should you be? You should be in, in holiness. You should be in a tune with God. You should be ready to go. Holiness means to be set apart. And folks, we've got to be set apart from this world. It is getting bad. See, they want to yell about diversity, but they don't want any diversity out of the Christians. They still want to sue you for baking cakes. That guy's going on his third lawsuit now. They keep trying to get him, and he gets him to spend money. He only owns a little bakery. Inclusive, unless it comes to the Christians. See, it's all demonic. We're supposed to be separate from. That's what holiness means. In the book of Leviticus, the extortion to be holy is repeated six times. It was, that's not up here. And it tells us holiness is this. The furtherance of God's purpose for his people. The evidence of God's character in his people. The product of God's grace through his people. The display of God's attributes by his people. And what are these attributes of holiness? They are purity. They are modesty. They are chastity in ourselves. Integrity. Honesty. Charity towards others. Sincerity. Sobriety. And activity before God. He doesn't call you to sit on your blessed assurance and do nothing but just come to church every Sunday and sit there and go, oh, great great job, Pastor. See you next Sunday. And then go home and live for the devil. He doesn't ask you to do that. He tells you what he needs out of you. So let's go through that again. Purity, modesty, chastity in ourselves, integrity, honesty, charity towards others, sincerity, sobriety, and activity before God. Okay, so Terry, you're telling me all this, this is holiness. No, I'm not telling you that. God's telling you that through his holy word. I'm telling you, anytime that you need to know, get out a dictionary and then also go to the Bible. He explains everything. Because he says, you need to be holy. See, we cannot come before a holy God with sin in our lives. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died for us. That's why we are attributed his righteousness and his holiness to come before a holy God. We're born in sin, folks. I know people, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but we are born in sin. But he gave us a way to correct that. Because he loves justice and God is just. So while we are commanded to be holy, we cannot attain this on our own, can we? No. That is works. And works will not get you anywhere with God. 
What does it say? All your works are as dung. That's pretty plain. It's pretty plain. If you don't know what dung is, look it up. I've worked, yeah, we've had a horse, horse farm, and we had cows for a while, and I can tell you what dung is. I got a golden retriever, I can tell you what dung is. So our worldly body and our fleshly lust being wrapped in sin forever breaks our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We don't, we cannot come before a holy God. It's hard to get people to understand that. Well, then i got to be a holy roller. Well, if you want to roll around and that's holy to you, go for it. But God says be holy. I wish more churches would teach on this again. Because so many people are going to think that they're, they're, they're secure in God. Think that all they have to do is just stand up and repeat some, some prayer or some words that a pastor stood up there like it's some magical incantation. And then they go out the door, don't even come up, give life, don't even think about Jesus no more, but they, they're saved. They're God, a free ticket to heaven. See, it doesn't work that way. None of the apostles ever sat there and said a, said a sinner's prayer for you to repeat. Everybody seems, in every true conversion I've ever seen, they were, they were broken. They were wrecked. Something in their life happened. God got their attention somehow. And they realized that they needed to repent because they had sin in their lives that was putting them on a road straight to hell instead of a road to heaven. And we're just letting people slide that way because we don't want to hurt their feelings. We want to keep people in churches. Oh, we need to have the money in the pots. We've got these projects. Folks, we're like every other church. We need to be supported financially. But I don't care if you put a penny in the pot. I don't care. I care about your soul. And your soul is what you need to be looking at. Is your soul ready? Is your soul secure? You're a soul with a body. You're not a body with a soul. You're a soul with a body. God knew your soul. God made your soul. And when that body goes back to the earth, he's calling that soul right back up there to him. Are we ready? The only way to restore that relationship is through Jesus Christ, who is the propitiation of our sin. That means he stood in for us. He was the sacrifice that we should have been hanging on the cross. He was that sacrifice. And through his sacrifice and our confession of faith and repentance of our sins, his righteousness is imputed to us. It's credited to us. And shedding the old man and putting it on the new, that's how you tell if there's holiness. Is there a change in you? Do you think more about your soul now than you do your body? Here, Alan talking about that. He was, he was talking today, and I thought, that's going to go right towards the end of my sermon. He said he didn't care about his old body anymore. He's ready to go, whatever God calls him. Do you think more about your soul and going to heaven? Do you do about your body? Do you think about your soul more than you do about relationships with people that just seem like they don't want to give their allegiance to Christ or accept him as their savior and they keep wanting to drag you back to your old self then break the relationship sometimes you have to you keep praying for them but you break away you are holy you are holy be separate be different part from that get away from that you're supposed to be different than the rest of the world 
People said, well, you're just too good and high and mighty. Oh, you're just too holy. Or I guess you're holier than now. And you know what? If you're not saved, then yes, I am. Can we just admit that and quit trying to patty foot around all this stuff? God says I have to be holy. It's not a work. It's an inner thing. And so if I have to be holy, and you refuse the word of Jesus Christ, remember we talked last week, you refuse the word, God calls that an abomination, and you are going to hell? Well, I don't brag on it. I don't go and announce it. I live like the Christian. I'll pray for you. But yeah, so if you said that, probably if you're not going to give your life to Christ and you're rejecting him, but it's nothing to be proud of, folks. You should still be concerned about their soul. We become holy through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we become holy. We can't do it on our own. Studying, learning, and acting upon his word brings us into a functioning holy Christian life here on earth. How are you going to know what God wants if you don't ever open your Bible? How are you going to know if what God wants if you ever don't go hear a preacher preach? How are you going to know unless you ever get down on your knees and pray? How are you going to know what God wants? You can't just wing it. Everybody says, well, I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Well, do you ever open up your Bible? Does he ever lead you to open up your Bible? Oh, no, I don't do that. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, do you ever go to church or do you ever try to listen to somebody that's that's preaching a word or giving a message out? Oh, no, I don't have to do that because I'm... No, you're not. You're not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led led by a deceiving spirit. A deceiving spirit, folks, a deceiving spirit can act just just as much light and holiness as the Holy Spirit can, except they'll lie to you. They will go against the Bible. Always test your spirits against the word of God. Always. So that's how you know. You got to study, learn. What is it that God wants out of me? However, we must always remember, folks, it's still not us. You can read it and study it, and there's a lot of fakers out there that will sit there and you think are the holiest people in the world. I'm going to put it right there out there because I used to follow this man, and I used to buy his books, and me and Doc went to see him, Ravi Zacharias. We believe so much in Ravi Zacharias, and there you go. That just proved right there. Never put your faith in a man. He had all the outside attributes, but he had all the sin behind doors. He had a deceiving spirit on him. And it was even so much that was the Bible say that even the, the faithful will start falling away. And me and Doc was really crushed by that. But then we had to remember there's a lesson in this. We put too much, too much on one man. And that's why I always tell you, don't ever come here thinking I'm the greatest person in the world because I'm not. You're not following me. You're coming here to hear the word of God. Don't remember, it's not us. It's the holiness of Jesus on us that makes us truly holy. For there is only one that is the holy one. Only one. We're only being attributed to his holiness. Revelation 15, 4, talking about Jesus, says, Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. I want to leave you with one thing before we close.
Holy is not what we do. It is who we are as a Christian. We're children of the Most High God. Can we act like it? Can we quit worrying about what the world thinks of us? Can we quit worrying about what our neighbors think about us? Can we quit worrying about what the person in the next pew thinks about us? Can we remember that we are holy and we are the children of God and start acting like we are that? Instead of acting like we're the devil or acting like we're so stuck up. I don't have to go to church. Oh, there's lots of hypocrites in church. Yep, and there's lots of hypocrites at Walmart. There's lots of hypocrites at the bars. There's lots of hypocrites at the ball game. There's hypocrites everywhere, folks. You're not going there to make somebody else happy. You're coming here to worship God. You're not here to worry about if the pastor took time out to speak to you today, and then you get your feelings hurt because, oh, he walked right by me. He must be mad at me. He, doesn't, he didn't even speak to me today. I don't know if I'm going to that church no more. When it's a small church, and thankfully for, for Alan and Adam jumping in here now, while, while Alan's healing up, folks, my mind is focusing on the service I try to greet people when they come to the door, but there's so many things that get pulled in different directions because I don't have a worship pastor, and I don't have this pastor, and I don't have this leader and that leader. We're just now starting to get those things after six years. But it's never a slight. But see, it's that devil. So you don't come, come for that. You come to hear what God has to say for that day. And then you take it and you put it in your heart. And if you hear something that puts a little prick in your spirit, it's not anybody but the Holy Spirit saying, maybe you need to work on this a little bit. Don't get upset. Just work on it. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Just means work on it. Because we're all striving for a higher sanctification. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, today is the day for salvation. It's not tomorrow. It's not the day after tomorrow or next Sunday. Today is the day of salvation. And holiness is just who we are. It's not a bad word. It's just who we are. And we need to start acting like it. Let's all stand. This has been Truth Matters, a ministry of the First Church of God in Glasgow, Kentucky. You may email us at glasgow1chog at gmail.com or visit us at 1517 Glenview Drive in Glasgow. Join us next time for another insightful and timely message from Truth Matters. I'm Lisa Ames. God bless.